0: made us righteous. And if we truly have repented and believed in our eternal destiny, we put our trust in Christ for our eternal destiny, then baptism, which some of you might know, but there's a baptismal behind that screen. Baptism is speaking that story of what Christ has done in our life. We we can't say, I would be a hypocrite. Matter of fact, God says, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. And you know what he's really saying is? If I do not have the word of God in my heart, if I'm not allowing his love and his grace to give me knowledge, his wisdom and knowledge by the word and by the spirit. Now watch, that when people confront me or come against me, I will not know how to respond to them within my spirit. That, that's what he's saying here. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. So if I am not right in my heart with God, and and I don't just mean right in my life, I mean right in in allowing his word to give me knowledge and wisdom. When you try to attack me, not you guys, but, you know, someone tries to attack me, belittle me, um, they try to down me, and I, I don't have his righteousness built up in me, guess what happens? It destroys me. Sticks and stones do break my bones. We're justified by our words. words are powerful, and sometimes we think, oh that did, you know what it's like a duck, it just you know what does that water off the duck's back or something like that and and but it's not true if we don't have God's empowerment in our life and his word in our life and his wisdom in our life on how to respond to some of these things in life, it tears us down, man, we get offended, we get hurt that's not god that's not what God wants. He wants us. To not listen to the true hypocrite, the one that wants to tear us down in untruths and things that aren't right. And it's possible with him. Let's go to verse 14, chapter 11. Where there is no counsel, people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, that's not just any counsel, right? Anyone here ever have a... A huge thing come up against you, like uh, you know, you got hurt by a friend or at work. Let's say, let's say at work. So anyone here ever been, um, if you will, wronged by an employer? You, you know what I mean. You feel like, you know, that's all. There's probably more than that, but that's okay. I'm not trying to pick on employers, but that happens quite often, right? You feel like you've been wronged by an employer. Well, the thing is, who here? I would say a friend or something, but I'd stir up stuff in you this morning. I don't want to stir up like, oh, yeah, you were reminding me. I i don't like this person right now. Who here has ever got mad at an employer and then you try to go to anyone you can that will agree with you that your employer's bad? And if someone says, well, you know what? You should really give them a second chance. And no, I don't want to talk to you. I mean, you know, you know what, my, You know what he did to me? What did he do? Boy, what a sorry person that is. Yeah, I know. You know, we seek out people that will agree with us. Come on. You know, that's true. We seek them out. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. Not only do we need the word of God the Spirit of God, and the love of God. We need godly people. We're called to be a disciple, a people that engage one another, that encourage one another, that edify one another, but we're willing to say, listen, maybe you have a part in this too. Maybe you need to show the love of Christ to your employer or your friend. You with me? Okay. But in the multitudes of counselor, there's safety. And if you get really, 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 really mad and you're going to say something stupid, just call up a bunch of your, I mean I mean this, call up a bunch of your, God. Pastor Roly I just got to tell you right now, I ain't feeling so good. I got, there's something in me that says I'm going to call up this person. I'm going to chew them out. You know, like, hey, bud, can we go out for coffee? <laughs> Serious. Get some good counsel around you, some good advice, someone that's going to encourage you to do what God and the Word of God says, right? Amen? Okay, 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Now, this is the New King James Version, and I remember Miss Trish all the time saying, don't say stupid, and I'm going, well, I mean, you shouldn't, by the way. But but in context of the Word of God and coming out of the New King James Version, again, we're Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, Who, but he who hates correction is stupid. I mean, literally, you could say is ignorant. Um, I think that's fair. That's only a part of it, though, because you can choose to be ignorant. You know, ignorance doesn't just mean that you're ignorant, but you could choose to be ignorant. Again, if you choose not to, to engage God's Word, you understand? Now, you get what I'm saying? I mean, you're really choosing to say, you know what? I choose not to have instruction, God. I choose not to have your knowledge and live in my life. And so, you know what? The Bible says when we hate these things or when we, we put these things away from us, that's, that's stupid. Yeah, and I, I guess that's enough said there, isn't it? All right, so we'll go to verse 33, same chapter. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. Of course God doesn't want us to lie. God tells us to speak His truth, speak the truth, in love. And God is love. That's, that's the the descriptive of God. And so when we look at lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, God, God detests lies, especially when we scheme, especially when we purposely lie to, to get our way or to get something that is a gain that you know that we didn't work for, that's not ours, or whatever the case may be. This is important to, to remember. Lies will find you out. Now listen to me. Lies will find you out. You know how, why I know that? Because the God that loves me says he will discipline me. And I don't know, sometimes we don't realize it. It's kind of like you, you might have a child that did something wrong. You say, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. They haven't listened to you. And you go up to them at the end of the day and you give them a pat on the rear. And they go, what is that for? You've been telling them all day to clean your room. Lies will find you out. God loves us so much that when we do things that displease him, we get a little pat on the rear. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I know you have if you're a believer. You get this little pat on the rear. And sometimes you go, Oh, maybe you don't. I don't know. I know I do. I get that little pat, that little quickening in my heart, and I go, What was that for? <laughs> kind of like then the still small voice that says, Tony, did I did I not tell you this is what I want for your life? This um I've had that happen throughout my life where I've made things right that I've wronged. Um man, I too many to tell you actually i don 't even want to get into that, but I have many things that god 's quickened quickened my heart, and that i 've made right because he's showed me that they were wrong. Go to chapter thirteen verse twelve Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life hope deferred now now sometimes i 've heard that in context um i mean it 's close. Um, I've heard that put that, you know, that um, if you have something in your heart that you hope for or that you desire, I'm, I'm talking something godly, you know what I mean? Uh, like, I, I, I really uh, desire to do this ministry or I think God has me to do this or to do, to do that. But, but it's really not what's going on here. It's not your hope he's talking about. It's the one hope that's found in Christ, that's found in our salvation. And that as a disciple of Christ that's growing and and, and getting closer to God, receiving his word and the wisdom of the knowledge, if you will, first, and the wisdom because of the action responding to the word of God. And as we're living out the Christ-likeness in our life, and as we're, we're, we're moving out in our life, God puts within us a hope, a hope of eternity, a hope of service, a hope of sharing his love with others. I'm going to give you the biggest and most exam- the biggest example I can give you this morning of hope deferred. Don't raise your hand. I always have you interact with me. Raise your hand, raise your hand. It's okay. Don't don't you don't need to raise your hand. But if you're in this room and you have repented of your sin and you have put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hear me out. And and you are called to be a disciple. The calling is to glorify God. The calling is to work out that salvation by glorifying God. And you know what the, the plan is? That you and I, as a born-again believer, would, would go about being God's ambassador, listen, to reconcile others to him. That, that's it. Now, you, what, what, to, Pastor Tony, what does that have to do with hope deferred? Here's what it has. As a born-again believer, that's in every one of us. The the word's clear about that. And if we, uh, I wasn't, it's so, it's interesting how I don't plan on going places, but I just got to share this with you. I really feel feel God has for us to hear this. Again, it's not a spirit of condemnation, you guys. Just hear me out. Hope deferred. Is within my heart, I know God wants me to serve others and share the gospel. And when I choose not to, because I'm too shy or I can't do it, or God, you just don't understand, just hear me out. That's hope deferred. Do you understand that that's taken what God has is, is put in us and desires for us to do? It's the, it's the one and only hope. It's the grandest example I can think of. There's many things that would fall under this. But it's the grandest example. And, and if we keep just putting it down and go, well, God, I can't, I, can, I can't, I we're, can't. We're deferring a hope that would just take us down, will make us weak. And, and, and does not please God. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. You can, you can take a lot of things in life, and, and let, me, let me take it to the place of you have something in your heart about a ministry, but God, I can't do it. Or God, God says, go talk to someone. Well, God, I can't do it. And, and, and constantly, if you're deferring that hope, eventually our bodies physically get sicker and sicker and sicker. Spiritually, get sicker and sicker. Because we're deferring a hope that's put within us by God himself. And it and I, I, to me, if I was listening to myself speak right now, I'd have a lot of questions. This would be a good sermon to listen to once it's posted again online. And I, not because I'm preaching it, I'm going to be listening to this. Because it, it, it sometimes it's a lot, isn't it, to take in? Go to verse 24. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him um, promptly. Any young people in this room ever get disciplined with, with a belt or a rod? Anyone here ever, never get a spanking? I've not either. There's only one. I, I, I never got one spanking growing up, and look how I turned out. Oh, no, wait, I never have. That is the truth. That is the truth. Now, my brothers before me, they got whoopings. They got the twig or whatever you call that thing. I don't even know. What... Yeah, the the twitch, the witch, or not the witch, but the um, the whatever. They got it bad. So by the time I came around, um, I'm serious. I wasn't like a perfect son but I was close to it because I want nothing to do with that. I mean, they got ouched. And so, nope, never got one spanking ever. Now, God spanked me many times. So let's go back to that. Okay, so here we go. He who spares the rod hates the son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Okay, this, so this is, um, let's just go here a minute. Young people that are in this room, and it could be older, but young people, hear me out. I don't know how much discipline you get in your life, but if you're doing wrong, you know it. And discipline is never fun; you never like it. Whether the, it might be a, a, a something that, you know, a, a, a belt on the rear, or you know, no TV or your cell phone gets taken away. I, I don't know, but this this I know. It doesn't seem pleasant at the time, but without discipline, we're gonna me- we're gonna mess up. And parents aren't always right. I guarantee you that. But um, when discipline comes, let it, parents, guardians, let it come quickly. So there's no question what the discipline's for. And let it come with consistency. Because that's the example God gives us. God disciplines us quickly and with consistency. Consistency. Don't ever be desensitized toward that. Let's go to chapter 14. This is our last chapter for this morning. Verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end in the way of death. Ooh. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in its end leads to or means death. God's way is always the right way. It's always the right way. And as a disciple that's called to follow Jesus, to follow God, I must be in his word. You guys, you can't, you, you know, you might say, well, of course, you're, you're a pastor, you're a preacher. You're supposed to encourage us to be in his word. You're supposed to, and I know I'm supposed to. But, but where I'm, what I'm really supposed to do is to equip the saints for the works of service. To edify and build up the body. That we might collectively together glorify God in serving Him, reconciling others to Him. Now now listen, did you just hear that? It's God's plan that I have to trust. Because my plans, they, they, they just don't work. We need to draw near to God. We need to, allow, we need to hear Him. Here's how we wrap this up. Here's how we wrap this up. Again, I, I don't know anything else to do, but just to, to try to say things so clearly, it can't be misunderstood. I'm not speaking to anyone specific in this room. I'm speaking to us all, including myself. If you're dealing with something that's, that's physical, a sickness, something that's going on in your life, you've got to trust God. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. It doesn't mean that you don't uh, seek out counsel. You, you know, seek the doctors. And I, I, I'm not even close to saying that. But I am saying that if you're not careful, when, when sickness comes against you, we seek God. But then that fade that I talked about just a little while ago, that fade starts to happen. We're more and more, we said, well, you know, I'm not really hearing from God. At least I don't think I am. So we try to take things under our own control, in our own hands. It could be employment. It could be um, a relationships at the a house, a husband, a wife, a friend, family. And, and the next thing you know, children. And the next thing you know, if you're not careful, you know, we start making our own plans. Now, if you want to know if you're making your own plans, it's easy. Here's how you can tell if you're making your own plans. If you are confronted with something this morning, which everyone is in some way, and you and you would finish, you would do this. I am confronted by this. Now, how are you going to finish that? And my plan is, or, and God's desire is. Which one is it? Is it your plan? Or are you seeking his desire? you you seeking his love and his wisdom and his knowledge. Because he says, ask, seek, and knock. He will reveal himself to us in all matters. All matters. Never will he leave us nor forsake us. Ever and if you if you want to say, which is fine, well, you know what I've been seeking God, but apparently it's not his timing. it's always his timing. Keep seeking, don't give up. He has health for you, he has healing for you i don't i you know, and I'm not God, I don't know. I don't know ultimately, I mean he has he has restitution for you. He has reconciliation for you for me. And I don't now I don't know how that plays out, but it but I want to put my my wisdom, I want God's wisdom, his not, not my wisdom, but the wisdom God gives me and his knowledge, and I want to put that before me and I want to trust that and then let it play out. This morning, if you're here and you know in your heart that God It's God's desire that you belong to him. For the will of God is found in John 6, 40. For this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. It's only by his word, by his spirit, that we can receive that and understand that and respond to that. So are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor Tony, Because it's the physical realm. Now let's go spiritual. God, I'm a sinner separated from you. You're revealing that to my heart. I know I fall short of your glory. I know I fall short of who you are. I'm listening to your word this morning out of Proverbs. I want your wisdom. I want your knowledge. But you know what? I want most of all your love. And God is putting that in your heart this morning. Maybe this morning is your day for salvation. Maybe this morning is your time. I don't know, but you do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day you've given us, for this time to be together, to hear your word, to receive your wisdom, your knowledge, and your love. May your love abound. May we receive that love. And may we know you. In the name of Jesus, as a body of Christ, we are claiming salvation this morning, not because of us, not because of anything we said, but because we know it's your desire to be reconciled to man and man be reconciled to you. Right now, trust him. Let him know you're sorry for your sin. See, only he can reveal that to you. I'm not telling you what to do. I can't. But your heart knows right now, if, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For my sin. I believe you did send your son. That I might live. That I might be reconciled to you. He was crucified. He was buried. He's alive today. I don't understand it all. But I just know it to be true. I put my trust in your son. This morning. Jesus. As my savior. And I'm thanking you. And I'm claiming it. To your glory. In Jesus name. Amen. God is good. Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Found in John fourteen six, And in all of these things, a wave comes across the congregation. As we look at the word of God and his love and we look at things that God convicts us and brings us and draws us near to him. As we gain knowledge and carry out his wisdom and as it all comes in. There's a smile on our heart. That goes before us. Not a balloon. but A smile on our heart. God's grace, his mercy. The testimony, the witness that God is good. No longer is it, oh, poor me, oh, woe me, but God is good. Okay, who here wants to go on an adventure? Thank you, youth. I can always count on Tammy. Awesome. The adults are going, uh, what adventure? <laughs> God has us to take what he's given us and share it with others, right? And praying through that, uh, I mentioned to you guys that I believe that we have um, a lot of people right here in our community. I mean, the, the immediate community that we can reach out to and that we can engage with that love that I'm talking about. And so what I would like us to do is invite people uh, in three weeks to come to a Saturday matinee here at the church to watch this movie. The whole thing about this is, is for us as a body is to invite our friends. It really is a very funny comedy but it has a great message because in the middle of life is a lot of chaos. And and let's reach out to our friends to, the, to our community and um, let's just Try to open up some conversation and pray for one another.